0: Welcome to Doctors at Work. My name is Matt Daniel and this podcast is about doctors' careers. I'm interviewing a range of doctors from different areas, different specialties and different generations and I'm trying to find out about their careers, what their careers are like and what's it like to succeed in those careers. Today I'm interviewing al Hassani who is a registrar in chemical pathology. She's going to talk to me about a career in chemical pathology. Enjoy. Welcome, William. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh,
1: Thank you for having me today. Uh, My name is William Al Hassani. I'm 32 years old. I'm a medical doctor in the NHS, originally from Iraq, finished my undergraduate there and started my NHS career in 2016. And currently, I am a registrar in chemical pathology slash metabolic medicine in London.
0: Okay. What's that like?
1: Uh So metabolic medicine or chemical pathology is a new, relatively new specialty. And as the name chemical implies, uh, it concerns mainly in dealing with diseases that are caused by metabolic or biochemical disturbances. Perhaps the most well-known to the audience is diabetes, obesity, or hypercholesterolemia. Uh, so that's part of the job. The other part involves uh, laboratory biochemical uh, management, in, so running the biochemical lab for the hospital.
0: Okay. And how did you get into that area?
1: Uh, that's a very good question. Um, this specialty does not exist in my own country. And then perhaps um, life takes you in different turns, because when you come to a new country, you have only the, let's say, the classical specialties of general medicine, surgery, gynecology. Um, but then with being overseas doctor, not everything is open for you. And you have to be pragmatic in looking and being open minded about what's already there, because there are opportunities, so you just have to look for it. So I came across it on the uh, Oriel.com, the training website. Uh, and, you know, in each round, they advertise for so many specialties. For example, immunology. I didn't know what, what it was. And similarly, chemical pathology. So you start searching. um, And then you put a list and you think, what actually suits for you? Um, And I took it from there. So... um I made contact like a list of the new specialties that are present here and I never heard about. And, uh, um, I was in Nottingham University Hospital, which is a huge hospitals with lots of brilliant people who are doing very well in their own specialties. Um, and, uh, yeah, they have, they had a chemical pathology department, immunology, microbiology. So I made contact with them and did a mini visit and had a chat face to face with them about what's their job is what their specialty is and then i took it from there
0: that's a really good story and in fact that's one of the reasons why i've started this podcast is to try and pick some of the specialties that 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 are not well known as you say everybody knows about cardiology you know or orthopedics or gynecology but there are lots and lots of areas in medicine that, that people just have never heard of or even within the large Specialties. There are lots of subspecialties that people have never heard of, and they're very different. They have very unique cultures and unique patients. Um, And what I'm hoping that this podcast will achieve as I go through and identify some of the lesser known specialties, that hopefully people will get an idea and think, okay, actually, this sounds nice. Maybe this is for me. Um, What's your typical week like?
1: Uh, That's a very good question, because I think I am very privileged to have a very varied day-to-day job. Uh, so um i would do typical of four of uh, patient clinics as a registrar dealing uh with either obesity clinic uh diabetes clinic and then within diabetes now you have plenty of specialist service so there is a pump clinic or there is a gestational diabetes clinic or type one clinic and each patient is very different from the other um or a bony clinic, that's the other area I would deal to. Um, I would have an on-call day in the laboratory dealing with a the specific lab issues that could range from anything between let's say a failure of analyzers or uh difficulty of a clinician to interpret certain tests or a certain result. Uh so that's where kind of a Sherlock Holmes investigative has you have to see where things went wrong and what the results actually mean. Uh, and I have to say regularly, I would have either a teaching session for the medical students or a new staff member. Um, and I would have half a session at least for my audit work or research. Um, so there might be like a conference somewhere that we have a very interesting lab result about the patient that we want to present the case or a very interesting data about um, some unexpected results. Uh, for example, we have issue with our calcium, which is a test that every doctor uh, would uh, would request. But m- perhaps many don't know that uh, adjusted calcium is something that's very much involved in uh, equations and calculations, and the result really needs so much thought before you can act on it.
0: Okay. So, so I'm hearing that you're you you're seeing some patients directly. Um, and what they they're they then they directly under your care, yeah okay. yes, and then then you also you giving you're giving feedback and opinion for patients that are under somebody else's care, but you're interpreting their results and analyzing them, um and then there's an element of laboratory work which involves working within the people that work in laboratories and making sure that 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 the analysis side of it as opposed to the interpretation side of it is working properly exactly okay um so what what kinds of patients do you tend to see um it's
1: it's it's very wide range because we might have patients who are young with inherited genetic disorders, but we also have the patients who are on the other spectrum of age uh, who come with osteoporosis or high cholesterol. Uh, you also have a pregnant woman. Uh, so it's it's very heterogeneous group of patients. And sometimes I don't deal with patients. I just deal with their results. Uh, and I have together other information from their direct clinicians. clinicians.
0: If I think of the patients where you are directly managing them, what what kind of results are you getting? What what kind of outcomes are you looking for?
1: Uh, So the main focus for us now is cardiovascular disease prevention. Uh, And it's an area that we are trying after COVID to catch up with because there has been lots of missing on that side. Um, so basically, the outcome is to reduce the cardiovascular disease, whether in primary or secondary setting, by proper, sustainable management of these diseases. I mean, obesity, diabetes or high cholesterol um, and patients um, outcome uh, it can not only just numbers. You say your HbA1c is bad or your cholesterol is bad, is a more patient-centered and life equality management as well. Um, so we 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 are trying to kind of provide a comprehensive service with dietitian, with psychologists, uh with us as a clinician to tackle different parts of what contribute to the development of these diseases. Mm-hmm.
0: You mentioned that one aspect is interpreting results and helping other clinicians with that. Tell me about the relationship between yourself and other clinicians.
1: Uh, so um, we are present in the hospital. Usually in most of the hospital, uh, the doctor on call is duty by a duty biochemist. Uh, so, for example, uh, there is a, a number that people know to call when they are having a direct metabolic question or analytical question. Um, people, when usually, when usually call us, they, it, we know that it's a very challenging thing for the clinician on the other side to deal with. Uh, and we we take their concerns seriously. Um, I guess one aspect we need to be very careful when we answer their queries is to simplify our analytical and pathological knowledge to the clinicians. So, for example, when a doctor calls and says, this tumor marker result does not make any sense, the analyzer is broken, you have to really be careful about explaining, oh, there is heterophile body interference, or this is no problem with the analyzer, this is just one patient specific, and we're going to do X, Y, Z to give you a result with this confidence interval. Um, So it's a lot of communication to kind of um, um, explain the lab aspect of it. In terms of the clinical ones, um, uh, people are usually very appreciative for helping with the rare diseases. Because with the expansion of the genomic uh, project, with more diseases coming by, it's scary for recently graduated or even older consultant to deal with glycogen storage diseases or uh, mitochondrial diseases. So they really appreciate our support in that area.
0: Okay. What's it like to work in the laboratory?
1: Oh, it's really exciting and it's eye-opening because I as a clinical doctor before coming to Kempa, I had this idea about the laboratory being like a massive lab computer machine that does everything we wanted to do and give us the most accurate result. But then when you start working, you bit by bit understand how to untangle every result and apply it clinically to your patients. So it's really eye opening and very exciting.
0: Yeah. And what opportunities are there in addition to clinical work? Uh,
1: So it depends on the interest of the trainee. Uh, I have to say so um for example some people because of the very heavy biochemical studying might get involved with uh, more of a research and pursue academic career uh, full-time academic career um, and that's mainly in obesity treatment which I know a couple of my trainees did. Uh, some people uh, get heavily involved in medical education because the biochemical side of medicine is embedded heavily again with the specialty and you um, can also involved in even writing guidelines for the management of these rare diseases because clinicians are in need for this in the future so it depends on your interest really and that's another attractiveness for the specialty
0: okay and um, what are the best bits of the job
1: um I, I like everything about it because in the clinics, I'm in touch with my clinical side, but it's not too much. So I have my four sessions a week. And then I have to say, working in the lab gives me that power of understanding something that other colleagues probably don't understand that much. And um, the, the teaching part of it, because I've done a year and a half in medical education before. So I was quite happy that I could integrate that in my training job later after doing teaching job for full time.
0: And yeah. um, what are the most challenging aspects of the job?
1: Um, so the challenge is because there are so much going on and it's an area of evolving research and so many new diseases get added. It might Take trainees, especially in the first year, a bit of time to get their feet in and actually understand and decide which area they want to specialize in. Because when you first start, everything is exciting. All of uh, the research is there. So the challenge is to actually start to focus yourself in a specific area and develop your expertise there. Um, I think that's most of the trainees'
0: feedback about it. Okay. Um, and you mentioned the subspecialty areas. Are there set subspecialty pathways within the specialty? Uh,
1: so they are not, uh, let's say, regimented by a training pathway uh, because of how new the specialty is and how fewer trainings are there. Uh, and it's pretty much influenced by where are you training. Uh, so, for example, my centre is... Uh, the biggest centre for the treatment of familial hypercholesterolemia. So I see most of the cases that I'm kind of more updated in the treatment in that area. So that might influence my choice. While other centres are more, for example, imperial, involved heavily with obesity. So people be more obesity oriented uh, in terms of their research and day-to-day work.
0: And how do you get into chemical pathology training? Uh,
1: so, um You have to do medical degree, foundation, year one and two. Uh, And recently, uh, there is a requirement to do a core medical training for two years, at least before applying to ST3 level specialty training. And that's a national recruitment process all the way through.
0: And are there any particular things that people need to do, courses or any output that people need to have?
1: Uh so uh, the the desirable criteria if, because I I didn't gear my CV towards a KEMPAP job, but they are looking for someone who is who knows what he is going into, so that uh, you know to minimize the attrition rate. So the more time you spend with chemical pathologists or metabolic medicine, the more questions you ask uh you will Present yourself in a better situation in the interview. Uh, teaching uh, any anything that demonstrates a leadership character in you, because they are expecting someone to lead a research project or to help in the guidelines, is is a high bonus. Um, and yet, yeah, being enthusiast in general, I guess that helps. <laughs>
0: You you mentioned the need to demonstrate an interest in specialty. So if somebody is listening and contemplating and wondering, I wonder if this might be for me, what what can they do to demonstrate that interest and commitment?
1: Uh, So you can get in touch with your local chemical pathology or metabolic medicine department and ask for a work experience there. Because many of the things they ask you about in the interview is about the role of the different staff uh, staff in the lab. And uh, they they want you to be interested in the lab because this is a huge part of the job. So you can organize for observership, for example, for a week or two in in the specialty. You can uh, participate in some audits within the lab. They're always appreciated for any help you can give them from your clinical perspective. And I think that will will make a good impression for the panel.
0: What kind of a person is chemical pathology for as a career?
1: That's a good question. I think it can be, okay, if I speak about introvert and extrovert, there is a place for both. Uh, so... If, if you are kind of the introvert who is very much data driven, there is a place for that and you can pursue more of the academic research and paper writing career and evidence review. And if you are the extrovert, then you can be the leader in the trust and, uh, and negotiating, let's say, what service you're going to provide as a chemical pathologist or a, a clinical lead for the lab because there is loads of communication in that part, especially with how our lab service now is subsidized privately and how we need to keep this balance with the patient interest. Uh, so it's, um, yeah, I cannot box a typical chemical pathologist in a certain character, everyone is welcome.
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's important to know. And then my final question, um, what advice would you give to a doctor that's trying to make a career decision?
1: I would say take your time and be open-minded because you you never know what what is there and especially with the changing structure and the career plans of the NHS and the workforce recruitment, uh, keep an open mind and keep updated about what's the need there. Medicine is changing rapidly. And the way we deliver medicine as traditional working doctor in the wards is going to change. People are already talking about setting virtual wards, about um, having more of a non-doctor-led direct patient Assessment, and then doctors and more, let's say, scope healthcare professional are on the leader seat rather than being the patient facing seat. So keep an eye on what's going on, and keep an open mind, um, because yeah, you know, you never know what opportunities are there unless you really look for them.
0: Wonderful, thank you very much, William.
1: Thank you.